is the main satellite. The main satellite. You motherfuckers hear that? The main satellite. Welcome, <laughs> welcome, dear listeners. Bike, <laughs> welcome, bike. <laughs> we bike to the main, <laughs> the main satellite, the main satellite. Welcome, bike. <laughs> Yo, wow, man. Yo, wow, man. Hey, I'm glad to be back, fellas. How's it going? Hey. It's going. It's going. Yeah, mm-hmm. same old, same, same old. Who are we today for those listeners who uh, are just now tuning in or perhaps have been away for a while or they've never gone away? Who are we today on this yeah, episode <laughs> of the main show? Yeah, yeah. I'm Tamarcus. Tamarcus, I'm here. I'm here, dear guy. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. What? And who, and who yeah, are you? Terrence, I'm Terrence, man. Johnson. Uh, yeah, you know, Termite. I go by a lot of names, man. <laughs> termite, you know, uh, let's see, POW, Alpha Executive. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Caramel Delight. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, I'm glad to be back, though, man, with the fellas, man. Just uh, chop it up, man. Excellent. And I am Brody. Goes Brody tonight. Brody, that's who I am. So today, uh, what are we? What what is the topic? What are the topics of discussion today, y'all? What do y'all want to talk about today? I had an idea to reflect on the main satellite, what it what it was, what it is. Um, but then I thought, like, shit. I don't want to spend too much time on it. I mean, we we could talk about it and it might evolve into a long discussion, but <clears throat> I thought about that. But we can do whatever. Don't matter to me. I think that's a good topic, man. I dive right into it. I mean, I tell you what it means to me, what it what it is and what it was and what it could be and everything else, man. What it was initially was something you birthed in amongst a group of guys and I really feel like it's something where we have an opportunity to really share some beautiful insight, some really good discord amongst ourselves and it allows people to see there's some intelligent black men that you don't often see share different ideologies. And I like it, man. I really love uh, what we built, what we had, what we, what we do have, what we'll have going forward. And what drew me to it was this, it was something that I kind of saw as a hobby initially. And then I told you before, just something that grew into something I look forward to every week. You know, something's always happening. There's always things that we're missing out on. We don't get a chance to talk about. The only things we see, and I think people can value or can find value in our perspectives and points of view on those things. Because you don't have this, this type of rhetoric and discord often amongst men that can discuss things and share ideas and, and learn from each other. So it could be something beautiful. It is something beautiful now, but I think it can be not only beautiful to us, but beautiful to other people, man. Mm-hmm. To me, mm-hmm. it, 
to me, it is um, the way it started off is a place of to have whatever sort of discussion or interaction that is wanted or needed or required at the time amongst black men, amongst people, period. Most especially black people, but everybody else is welcome if they are not scumbags or assholes. Um, it is also a place um, in which we can, I've always viewed it as a place that if you're in agreement with someone, that's fine. If you're in disagreement with someone, with someone, that's fine too. But it's a place to find, to at least attempt to find some common ground on various topics. And it can be any number of things. Today, it could be what is considered uh, classy. Tomorrow, it could be something that's considered um, a bit less so. Um, the day after that, it could be something that's considered political. The day after that, it could be something that's considered social. So to me, it's a place of understanding, of community, of uh, in which people can have fun. We can be serious, but we can have fun. And we can talk exactly as we feel. We can speak about how we feel. And there are no, there are no strings on anybody here. I love it. I've loved it since the beginning. I will love it right up until it goes wherever it goes. And I will love it when it arrives there. It's a great part of my life. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It's a combination of what, what both of y'all said is how I feel about it. <clears throat> it's um but it's definitely a place where um I I I I feel that people should be welcome, all people, not just uh black men. Um but it's from it's really from our perspectives we um uh i can't even get my fucking words out it's not limited in that way to where like it's just black men we have black women come up here as well and we have uh caucasian people and it's it's a reflection of <clears throat> how we live our lives we don't uh only associate with black men so um that's not what the main satellite is that's not what i feel it should be i've enjoyed it it was what it was and now it is what it is um i don't know i don't have too much to say about that um but i know <clears throat> there are aspects that i enjoyed before just like the aspects that I enjoy about it now. Um, but there are also aspects that I didn't enjoy before. And there are aspects that, um, that can be tweaked now, not necessarily aspects that I don't enjoy, but I could definitely say before there are things about it that I didn't, didn't enjoy. <clears throat> and, uh, Anybody's welcome to come up here, um, but uh, if 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 you're invited to come up here, it's I I, I feel that that's a um, an honor if you're invited to come up to the main satellite. But we ain't gonna beg no motherfucking body to come to this motherfucker. Um, damn sure ain't gonna ask nobody who don't want to be up here to come up here because the train don't stop fucking rolling. Um, but yeah, 
that's how that's how I feel about it. Picking up on what it is you just said, or uh, I want to say that certainly for anything of this sort, there's room for there's always room for Jello, right? There's always room for improvement and making things better. But I will say, as as it stands at the moment, uh, I enjoy it now. In a lot of ways, in most ways, I enjoy it more now as the way it's been and what it was when it first started off, if I'm being honest, and I feel the need to be honest. Now, that doesn't mean I didn't enjoy it when it first started off. For a while after it started off, we were in, all five of us were in great sync with one another. But after a while, um, conflict for the sake of conflict began to occur. And when you have a room uh, uh, or a situation like this, there's five adult men from five places in life and in five different places in life. Um, that's apt to happen. Conflict is apt to happen. But conflict for the sake of conflict is something that I really don't like. I really don't like it. Um, so one way that I've enjoyed it since is, since there were five of us on is, there is no conflict. If there's a disagreement, then the disagreement is discussed between the folks who are on and we try to come to some common accord. If we can't, that's fine too. We move on. Towards the end of what it was, that happened a lot less. There will be a lot of conflict, unnecessary conflict that I was not a fan of. I didn't like it. Even now, uh, there are some things, as you said, Mark, there are some things that can be um, tweaked and made better, but I firmly agree with anybody who doesn't want to be here is certainly not indebted to us in any sort of way. We're most assuredly not indebted to them. You can come if you want to come. You can be who you are, come as you are, or you can not be here. But begging or asking more than once is a big no-no. Above all, I wanted to say that this is something that I love doing. I want it to progress. I want it to evolve and as many positive ways as possible. But I love it. I, I've loved it since before we began to do it. I've loved it since. And even though there have been some things that I have not loved so much about it, um, that's life in a lot of ways. The only thing you can do when it comes to things like that is come to understand why things are the way they are, that they're less than what you'd like them to be, and then improve upon them. Do something about it. Be somebody. <laughs> do something about it. So that's the way I feel um, about it at the moment. I, I love it. I love it. I really do love this. And I hope we can do it for the rest of our days. Honestly, I do. Yeah, I would, I would definitely say that. I think just like anything, any business, anything you operate under, there's always going to be opportunity for improvement. And as a, even as a person, I think we constantly should be looking at ways to improve ourselves. And this is not some Instagram post or some Instagram video with that, that tender, sweet music they play in the background, trying to inspire you to be something and trying to motivate other people. It's more so about motivating yourself. And for me, it's more so about how can I constantly look at myself every day and say, what can I add to this podcast? What can I add to the world? What can I add to my own life every day that's going to impact somebody and mean something to somebody, something that somebody can connect with and resonate with. And I think sometimes it gets lost in translation. I think the discord can turn into, as you mentioned, controversy, conflict for the sake of conflict. If it's healthy conflict, which I believe there are such things as healthy conflict, I think um, if for the sake of building ideas and reaching across the lines and 
you pulling something from me and me pulling something from you and learning something from you. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. Um, but if I'm just simply in there to troll and just be devil's advocate or constantly try to be the, the antithesis of everything you're saying for the sake of just stirring the pot, then that's not, that's not healthy discord. And I don't think that's what we, I don't think that's what any of us intended it for it to be. But I do think, me, I think it adds a little flavor if we do have differences of opinion. And that's just my perspective. I mean, again, we're, we're sitting down right now in a virtual boardroom and we're throwing ideas on the wall. Some may stick, some may not. But I do think it's, it's, it's super helpful when you have the ability to look a guy in the eye and say, I don't agree with that. But this is my perspective. And let's talk about it. How do you feel about that? I don't see uh, where that stopped. I don't see um, how uh, different voices and different opinions uh, have stopped coming to the main satellite because we've had people come up here. We've had uh, Lavender, Tone, you, uh, my sister. Uh, my niece was supposed to be up here one day. We had Paul. Um, yeah, I don't see uh, where that has stopped. So I think it, it's, it, it still happens here. And don't forget Ham. We had Ham up here. <laughs> yeah, Ham. <laughs> What's up, Ham? If you listen, if you're still out there listening, <laughs> we ain't forgot you, buddy. Go ahead. Go ahead, God. What were you saying? Nah, that, that, that's all. Um, that's it. I think... Um, well, I agree. I think it's still occurring here. And actually, I think it has been, when we went into this, we went into it with a specific set of ideas, what it would be, what it could be, what it ought to be, right? And the thing is, uh, with the five of us, um, it ended up being that for some time, for a while, and then it ended up becoming something else. But I think that uh, what speaks to that still occurring and it having never stopped is that we have had people from different parts, literally, of the planet different um, uh, spaces in life, different socioeconomic situations and perspectives, um, different genders. I, that speaks to it never having stopped. So I don't think there's anything wrong with disagreement. I don't think there's anything, anything wrong with healthy discord. It is one of the ways you learn if you're open to learning. Um, but I also think that sometimes in spaces like this, things can become a bit too tightly wound and uh that can turn into something that is not healthy or enjoyable for anybody involved but i uh i don't think it's changed at all i think the people who've been up here have changed in, in terms of the voices that have been here but we <laughs> we kept it going it's, it's been going you know and we've been doing it we've been doing it to be satisfied you know that's how i feel about it um <laughs> And, you know, it would suck to have something like this occur. And we've been doing this for more than a year now. It's been more than a year we've been doing this. Um, but it would suck for something like this that is so special and is so unique for it to end in its, in the, when it's in its greatest capacity on a kind of disagreements or arguments and things like that. I don't see that ever happening. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But... I think folks who have 
shown themselves the door or anybody who doesn't want to come on, listen, that's your prerogative. You do what it is you want to do. But in the end, it, it's five people or four people or two people or six people. I have many people talking about life, all the things that occur down the course of life from politics to uh, uh, health, physical to mental health, to living situations, money, the world at large, history, you know, gender politics. It doesn't matter. It's, it is what it's supposed to be. And it will continue to be that, but it will improve. As time goes on, we will figure out ways to um, alter it in the positive. It's, it's been going on. It's, it's not gone anywhere. The main has remained. It's still been here. You know? You heard that Aerosmith song, um, Train Kept Rolling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> have, you ever, have you ever heard, you ever heard, you ever seen the name of that album? What is it? Outcast? One Monkey Don't Stop No Show? Oh, not, yeah. That'll, that'll... Not, not, not Outcast, but um, Goody Mob. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just means you're not really sounding like a real fan right now. Man. You should know that's not outcast. Well, well, I did correct them. They were so deeply connected. I did correct them in the end. I corrected it. But um, there just been a few more bananas to go around. That's all. <laughs> so which so which one do you like better, outcast or goody mob? I can't choose. I'm not gonna choose, man. I can't choose that. Uh, old school, now wait a minute. Old school Goody Mob, new school Goody Mob versus Outcast as they used to be. New school Goody Mob versus old school Goody Mob uh, versus Outcast as they were once upon a time until quite recently. Outcast, but old school Goody Mob set against uh, old school Outcast. Old school Outcast. I can't. I can't. That's not a decision <laughs> I'm willing to make on the air or anywhere for that matter. <laughs> Fuck that. What about you? I mean, it's a hard one, but I, I ain't gonna lie. I've been a, I've been a diehard Goody Goody Mob fan forever, right? Mm -hmm. So then when I start thinking about different songs from 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 Outcast, it's it's a tough one because I'll be honest. When people start talking about lyricists, right? When we get in the best lyricists of all time, and we talk about Goody Mob, we talk about Outcast, we talk about uh, Andre Three Thousand. I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you an unpopular opinion i'm not really a huge fan of andre 3000's lyrics man if i would have i wouldn't put him top 10 as best as best lyrics i would not put him as top 10 and i know people are gonna like frown upon that and say i don't i'm not a purist and i don't really know hip-hop dude i know hip-hop andre 3000 his lyrics i can't put him top 10 of all time where, where do y'all put him he, he in the top 10. He definitely, definitely in the top 10 to me. And who would you choose? Goody Mob. Uh, would you choose Goody Mob over Outcast or Outcast over Goody Mob? Or could you not choose? Or does the era make a difference? Hold on. So um, the difference is made by the era, as far as I'm concerned. Jeremy Terrence? Absolutely, it's a difference in the era, man. Um, I think as music progressed, times changed, our flavors changed. Um, some people's flavor kind of stayed the same. Mine changed, which is not always a good thing, but what I was attracted to changed when it came to lyrics. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest, um, some of the lyrics, when I go back and listen to Andre 3000, 
I, I got to be honest. Like, I, I, I think he, I think he moved down a couple notches, man. Now, would you say that that's something that began to occur early on with you when it comes to his lyrics, his rapping style, and his skill set, his skill level, or is that something that began to happen over time? It happened over time. It happened over time because initially I would have said nobody could top Andre 3000. But as mm -hmm. things progressed, some of his lyrics didn't make a lot of sense like they used to. Mm -hmm. I Now, as you know, as we all know, I, um, I, have a, a, I enjoy lyrics or writing, which is what it comes down to. It makes me think. Um, so that's why I've always loved what he does. Plus, his style is really something else, man. His speed is something else. His cadence is something else. His accent is something else. And his the way that he thinks. These are all things that uh, amalgamate into this great... They mix very well. And the amalgamation that is born of that mixture is really something else. I enjoy him. I will say that I haven't heard him in a while, but it could be because I'm not searching him. I'm not searching for him. You know, When I listen to... Andre 3000 or Outcast is typically via Apple Music or sometimes it's YouTube. Um, and I was I will hunt down certain songs and certain collaborations and things like that. Case in point, collaborations with uh uh Goody Mob. What was that? They were called the Dungeon Family. So it was Goody Mob and it was Outcast, and I believe there were a few other folks in there. But normally when I hear their music now, in particular Andre's music, is him as a part of the Dungeon Family and or Outcast. And I'll have to search these. I'll I'll hunt these songs down, and these collaborations and this art down. And I love it. I really do. I think the thing with people like me is that um, if we're not careful, we tend to get stuck in specific eras, and we won't move on musically, artistically. You know, that's how it is with me with music. So I have to be very careful about um, what I'm allowing into my space, into my ears. I think it's real. I think that's really easy to do. And one of the issues I have with Andre 3000 is a lot of times it feels like when I go back and listen to it, it feels like he's freestyling a lot. Like it mm -hmm. almost felt like to me, it almost felt like to me, Andre 3000 never wrote anything down. Mm -hmm. I swear <laughs> to you, like when he, <laughs> when he rapped, it felt like everything he was saying was a freestyle. Like everything was a freestyle. And you know what's funny? I got a list, man. It's, I got a list of people that's, in the, that's considered members of the Dungeon family. And this is going to probably blow your mind because half of these people I didn't really think was considered part of Dungeon family. But mm -hmm. so tell me if any of these people jump out at you or, or surprise you. So Andre 3000, of course, big boy, CeeLo motherfucking green, of mm -hmm. course. Janelle, Janelle Monet. What? <laughs> yeah. Future. Uh, Big Gip. You knew Big Gip was part of it. Okay. So Rico Wade, Killer Mike. Kujo, what? Sleepy Brown. I know you knew Sleepy Brown. I know. Yeah. I knew. Yeah. Uh -huh. Remember Cool Breeze? Yes. Cool Breeze. Big Ruby on the vocals. Uh, Witch Doctor. Slim Calhoun. Mr. DJ, Timo, Joy, Black on Seabone, Black Bone, let's see, Kawan Prather. Now, you just, a bunch now of you're just making up names. <laughs> you're making up names. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recognize half of people. But you remember Slim Calhoun. You remember uh, Cool Breeze. There's yeah. a whole bunch of people on there, yeah. man. Like, you remember Timo? Uh huh. Because he mentions Timo is still uh, alive. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, T-Mo can stay alive, man. He's taking it back, man. Mm -hmm. Taking a bite. 
we almost we almost need to play that again. Man. We we may need to. You know, um, you mentioned uh, a few people, quite a few people, about half of those folks I'd never heard of. Right. When I think of the Dungeon family, when I think of that association, that amalgamation, I don't ever fit uh, uh, Janelle Monet in there. I mean, she must have been a late comer because was she even alive during that time? Janelle, I know she's not like super duper duper young, but she had to be a late comer to the Dungeon family. I mean, how long has she been a, a, around? She uh, she must have. I don't know how she even got associated with the Dungeon family. I mean, if you go in and type in Dungeon family on Google, Dungeon family, all the members of Dungeon family, she comes up. And I'm trying to figure out now. Now I'm interested in researching how she's affiliated. Uh huh. Because this has got my interest now. Because I thought I knew all the members of the Dungeon family. She had to be late stage. She had to be an honor. She's got to be an honorary member. Listen, I like Janelle Monet. Well I, 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 you know, you know what? You, you know what? They say she was on the vocals, man. And how old is she? Because we're Janelle talking. Monet is 30, she, she's 36. Uh, well, I guess she'd be she'd be about old enough. She'd be about old enough. And you know what's crazy? And you know what's crazy? She was she was part of the Dungeon family. They have her listed as a member. Like, hold on. I got I got to figure this out. I got to figure this out. I would say if, if I didn't know any better, which of course I don't, I say she became an honorary member. But if she's 36 years old, she's she's old enough, I suppose. But I'd never heard of Janelle Monet until comparatively speaking, just a couple of years ago. So evidently she's been in the industry for a long, long time. And a lot of times that's the way it goes. There'll be people who ghostwrite, people who only do backups. They do backups for a while, and then they come to understand that they can do it on their own, or you know, sort of branch out. So that's that's hardly unheard of. But I would have never ever considered her a part of the Dungeon Family. I would say she's about she's about old enough. But then when I think about it, if she's thirty six years old, CeeLo's and them they got to be pushing fifty. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, here, here we go. I think this is a clear list. I don't. I think I think there's definitely some discrepancy with what Google's saying. Because members they have listed here are Andre 3000, Backbone, Big Boy, Big Root, uh, Goody Mob, which includes CeeLo Green, Cool Breeze, Deborah Killings, Concrete, Organized Noise, including Sleepy Brown, Joy, Killer Mike, and Witch Doctor. Now that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That list makes more sense. I didn't know that Killer Mike was talking about, oh man, T Mo. Did so you know that? Kill- can you name all the members of Goody Mob, though? You just named them. Well, that might be more than that. Good mom, good mom has Big Gip, Timo, CeeLo Green, and Cujo. Okay, then you name Cujo as well. You name the other guys, and you name him. That's yeah, but that, I didn't realize just those four were a part of Goody Mob. And then when you look at there was a group called Earth Tone Three. I had no idea. Andre Three Thousand, Big Boy, and Mr. DJ were in that group. I knew and about that. Broke, they broke loose and made outcasts with just the two of them. I knew about that. I guess the other guy. <laughs> what was the other guy's name again? <laughs> you didn't make, DJ, DJ didn't make the cut, man. They fucked him over big time, man, given what it is. I mean, I don't know, honestly, why he was left out of the group when they became outcasts. But I tell you, boy, if he didn't go on to do his own thing, I know he must be sick, as they say, even now. <laughs> hey, look, I, through it I, in I, what? Through it in, through it in fuck. I still hear Goody Ma, I mean, um, uh, outcast music and commercials. So think about if they made wise decisions, think about the residuals they must be earning based on those uh, commercials and advertisements alone. I don't know if they're still making right. music consistently now. 
I know that Andre is called around town playing his flute and playing drums and things like that, but I don't know whether they're still doing it. That's what I was saying earlier. I haven't been the most involved. I don't look for new music from them. Although if I were introduced to new music, it'd be great. But um, the other guy must be just sick. If he didn't go on to do his own thing. Yeah. Or if none of those songs have been used in advertising. So I, would, I, would, I, would venture, I would venture to I would venture to say that Mr. DJ went on to do other things, especially being in Atlanta. There's other artists, there's producers, there's always work in Atlanta when it comes to music the industry. But I mean, when I look at it, I mean you're talking about the Mecca in the South as far as music industry and entertainment. Mm-hmm. And you know, Andre did a lot of stuff on TV. He did some movies and films and you know, oh, they, yeah. they did the Idlewild together. Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw Yeah, remember Idlewild? I saw it a while. I saw it. It's pretty creative at the time, though. It was, and I don't think it was a bad it film. A, Go ahead. It wasn't a great film. And I, and I want to get to a film that apparently flopped, apparently today. And I got to tell you about it. We're going to talk if about you, that in a second. If you say, if you say drumline, go ahead. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. Here's the now, thing. Uh, let me just say, I don't think that um, Idlewild is a bad film. And I think I know for a fact that my tastes have sort of broadened as I've gotten older, as I've grown older. Films that were just sorry or that were bad before, or they were shit before. Most of those films, even now, and TV shows, I can look at them and say, you know what? They weren't to my taste then. They weren't of my taste then, and they're still not of my taste. But I can understand why people might enjoy them. I can understand why people might, you know, uh, have them on their, uh, in their DVD collection or their digital movie collection. I can get it. Idlewild is one of those films. And listen, for what it was, that was pretty revolutionary at that time. It was. And, 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 and if anything, we needed more of those. So just because something is revolutionary doesn't mean it needs to be your taste. Just because something's not your taste does not mean it's not revolutionary in terms of, um, in terms of art and certain aspects of art being introduced and illustrated that were not, that, that had not been or that had very, very rarely been. I would watch Idlewild now. If I got together with, with a couple of friends or whatever, I might watch Out of Wild on my own and see. And, was, and I'm, I'm pretty sure I would recognize it's not nearly as bad as I thought it was then. I mean, hell, it was a black film. And at that time, even if it wasn't to my taste, we didn't have a whole hell of a lot of them. And they were they were quite young, too. They were younger, you know? Yeah, well, there was a couple of movies I feel like it came out of Atlanta in the area that were decent movies, man. Um, I think it was slept on, like Roll Bounce, I have really enjoyed. I feel like uh, Roll Bounce is a clean movie you can watch with family or whatever. Um, another one I like was ATL with T.I. I don't know. Did y'all like that? Did you did you watch that film? How do you I'm feel? I'm assuming uh, the answer is no. <laughs> I never watched it. The only ever bit I've seen of uh, that film is maybe somewhere in the middle. When that film used to come on... <laughs> <laughs> on TV, TBS, VT, whatever. I would always catch it maybe somewhere close to the end or maybe in the middle, but it wasn't enough. It was it wasn't engaging enough for me to stay for the for the entirety of the film or to even watch the last of it. Plus, I never really liked Ti anyway, so seeing him uh, turned me off. But y'all, but y'all watched Baby Boy fourteen hundred thousand million gazillion times. <laughs> I haven't seen every time it came on. I, I've only seen. I don't think I've ever seen all of Baby Boy. Come to think on it. Mark, you ever seen all of Baby Boy? From the beginning to the end, from the cradle to the motherfucking grave. Yeah, I have, but it ain't. Um, obviously, it ain't um, it ain't 
all that. And then, you know, the appeal of it is that it's, I don't know. I, I've seen the beginning of the end, but I didn't particularly enjoy it. And same reason, um, your same reason of not watching ATL because of TI. That's that's what turned me off on that. I didn't. I was like, I ain't got no interest in this shit. I don't really like TI. Like <laughs> mm-hmm. He. You don't is, like TI? No, I don't like TI. Hell no. Fuck him. He's an he's a very off fuck him. He's an outputting. He's a very outputting personality. And as he got as he's gotten older, y'all know her. You you hear sometimes people say things like, "Who you're gonna be?" You start becoming that person. Maybe when you are in your, I'm talking about a person you're going to be for the rest of your days, maybe in your late 20s, early 30s. So by the time you're 40, 45, 50, that's who the fuck you're going to be. Well, I can't say that that's always the case, but T.I. is certainly who he's going to be. And he started up pretty early on. Yeah, and he raising a little bitch ass son, too. Tell us about that. For those who don't know. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he um <clears throat> not too long ago his son had some kind of altercation at a waffle house and you know um he was recording himself cussing out waff- waffle house staff you know he even threatened the motherfuckers talking about you know come outside and all this other kind of bullshit um but afterwards you know uh People on social media, of course, were like, fuck him. But T.I. came to his defense and just made it fucking worse. He kind of, I can't remember exactly what it was he said, but um, he was saying uh, things to the effect of he's trying to teach his son that uh, those kind of people, which are like working class people in his eyes, which seems like, you know, he's, he's being classist in his response, in his response. Um, you know, you gotta, you gotta pretty much, this ain't what he said, but this, the gist of it is like, you gotta show patience with working class people because they ain't on your level. Mm. Yeah. And they don't, and they don't have your life and they want your life. And, yeah. then, and then he say something to the effect, yeah. And then he say something to the effect of distancing yourself, or something about separating yourself, or something like that. I don't know if he said that or not, but I wouldn't be surprised. I do know that um, what, something else he said. He said um, he wanted to deflect from his son's fucking horrible, classist, just boorish, asshole behavior by saying things like he had accomplished a certain amount scholastically. He's an, an, uh, an honor student or an AB student, whatever, this is, whatever you said he was. That's just a, um, a pretty clumsy way of deflecting from your son's fucked up personality, your son's fucked up approach and perspective and interaction with people in the world. And you would expect a 40-some-year-old, damn near 50-year-old man who sees that sort of reprehensible behavior from a child that he brought into this world, he and his wife brought into this world, you would expect him to be revolted by it, to be disgusted by it, and to be embarrassed by it. Instead, he came out on the defense, saying what you just said, God, uh, which is, fuck the little people. They don't have your life. 
They're jealous of you. They want your life. And you have to expect people like that to be miserable. Talk about fucked up parenting. Talk about thrusting assholes into this world as if we don't have enough assholes. And look, he's an asshole who's high yellow. He's grown up wealthy and he has motherfucking money. He will probably never have to worry about money. And he has his parents to defend him on every score. He's out in the world acting like a fucking ogre. Acting like a motherfucking so ogre. What? what? So what is complexion? So what does complexion have to do with that? You know what complexion has to do with uh, <laughs> has to do with it in the black community in well, America. What, what does complexion have to do with You know with what complexion has to do with it in the black community in America. P- people who are lighter complected tend to get away with shit that people who are darker skin can't. And when you add money on top of that, money and wealth and popularity and fame, forget about it. Those are all well, factors. I think there's a borderline of complexion because uh, his son is a different different type of black. Like he's close to being albino, so it's not really the same. But I get your point. How is it not? How is it not point. the same? How, exactly. How is it not the same? I guess I'm making more of a joke right now. But yeah, the point is, I, I agree with you 100 percent that there are some differences of how people are treated because of classes. We see that everywhere across the globe. I mean, you got people in other countries lightening their skin because they feel like they'll be treated differently. So I, I'm not disagreeing with you on that. But T.I. has always been that type of dude that has always felt like he had a chip on his shoulder. I think it's because he's a smaller dude, honestly. I think he's got like a little bit of I think he's got a little bit of a Napoleon complex, to be perfectly honest with you, because he's a little bit of a smaller guy, smaller frame. And then when he beefed up, put on some weight, he wanted to start talking that tough guy stuff. I think he was in the gym for a little bit. You notice him lifting weights, he's getting bigger, Mark. Nah, I, I never noticed. Yeah, yeah, he went from weighing like I swear he was probably like about five six, five seven, one fifty, and he, he started putting on some muscle and some muscle, you know, start beefing up a little bit. And then every time you saw him in the interview, he had a t- he had a tank top on, or a white beater. Then he started dreading his hair up and twisting his hair up, and that made it even even harder because you know cats with dreads are just naturally tough, quote unquote, right? <laughs> I'm dying. To, I'm dying to try somebody with dreads, man. I swear I have. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, on site. I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this, man. They think cats with dreads is naturally just harder, just, just tougher dudes. But, but the point I'm making. Well, you know, somebody <laughs> said it are. Who knows? <laughs> uh, you know, they, they think they think cats with dreads just automatically just uh, the, the power level is ten times higher. So. Yeah, but how many? The question is, how many dudes with dreads have you fucked with in your life? Hey man, no, the question no. is, how many, <laughs> the question, the question is, how many to mess with me though? Yeah, I, I guess it's a question that could be asked in the same direction. It, it could be asked in both ways. Ti hey. is, hey. he's a great example of what's wrong with black wealth in America. With celebrity in America, he's a great example. There's a lot that's positive about it, some that's positive about it, but he's a great example of what's wrong with one of the things that's wrong with black wealth in America. And now he's raised his kids up to be the same sort of asshole he is, and he's got more who are coming up right behind that goblin. Man, I blame I blame social media, man. I blame paparazzi. I blame our need and our crave for fame and desire and and our, our thirst and. and, and when he had his show on, on uh, TV with, you know, with his family, um, I really liked T.I.'s family. I really liked what I was looking at. And I thought they had some really good values as a family. I had no idea those kids were going to turn out like that. I had no idea he was going to be a little asshole running around 
Waffle House, you know, talking down to the employees. I mean, come on, man. If, if that's how you feel, get your food to go or, or, or order out or do DoorDash. You don't even go out in society because you don't need to. It's one thing to be successful and financially successful, but that kid didn't do anything to earn that money. He didn't on the show. He acted okay. Maybe he got paid for that, but I've never been the one to watch people or celebrate people who ride on the coattails of somebody else's success. Mm. That to me, you didn't earn it. So how do you have the right to act that way if you didn't even earn the money yourself? There are a lot of people like that out in the world. And, 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 and we can talk about celebrity in general. Um, but at the moment, what I want to focus on is just me is black celebrity. So you look at people like, um, what's Herschel Walker? Christian Walker. Herschel Walker's deranged, bizarre demon child, demon spawn of a child. He's another one. There are quite a lot of them out there in the world like that, you know, and they lose sight of where they came from, what they're supposed to be about, or at least what we should want to be about, culturally speaking, in this country. And they become something else. And they end up being just as immersed in the pointed ostracization of people, if not more than white people, some white people, not all. So that's a that's a huge problem in the black community. And I think it probably, I don't know if it started off that way or not. I don't have a hard time believing that it that it that it did, but certainly over time it's progressed and it's gotten worse. Well, I, I agree with you. And I think a part of it is too, um, I was looking at an interview the other day with Jay-Z and an interview with a couple other people. Um, Kevin Hart has a show called Heart to Heart. Like, love, however you feel about Kevin Hart doesn't matter. How you feel about Jay-Z, it doesn't matter. But if you take those two individuals and listen to the transcript and their words, they actually said some really impactful things. Like Jay-Z said, for one, we didn't grow up this way. We didn't grow up with this type of wealth. We didn't grow up with money. We didn't grow up with knowing how to even save money. We didn't know how to invest it. We didn't know anything about that. This is all new to us. So, of course, there's going to be some disobedience and some, some discipline issues when it comes to how we manage. Of course, we're going to flaw and show it. Like, in his career, it's the biggest chain. It's the biggest car. It's the biggest house. Flashing money and all this and the girls. But when you get older, you really start to realize, like, this money's not going away. I'm probably, I'm probably going to have it for the rest of my life. I'm still making more money. My brand and my image, and I know you hate the word brand, but my image and my marketability is not tied to these things. They don't want to see me as a 40-some-year-old man floss, you know, flossing money in cars and houses and that. That's not going to market them anymore. He has to find new ways to reinvent the place he is in life. Like Mayweather, for example. Mayweather used to be super flashy. And I know we don't like Mayweather on this on this podcast. Two out of three of us don't like Mayweather. I get that. But it's, it's just about the fact that we weren't new. This is all new to us, man. You got to realize people weren't making this type of money in the 70s. Black people weren't making this type of money in the 80s and the 90s. These basketball contracts and football contracts. Um, I didn't hear the last bit of what you said. You were breaking up pretty badly. 
Yeah, the last part I said was we're just playing in a, in a big sandbox, and this is all new to us. Like, for example, if you go to bed tonight and wake up, or I go to bed tonight and wake up, and I hit the lottery to make a millions overnight, and I wake up in the morning, or you wake up in the morning, or a friend of whoever wakes up in the morning with $185 million in their bank account, they're probably going to act a little bit different <clears throat> involuntarily, not even intentionally doing that. It's going to be so much coming at them and so much at their fingertips. And there's a movie that I love, which is Scarface. And he talks about it all the time. Like, first you get the money, then you get the power, then you get the respect. Now, is that the blueprint that you and I live by? No. Brody doesn't live by that blueprint. Terrence tries not to live by that blueprint. But is it true to say that, unfortunately, the world we live in thrives on money, power, and respect? I would have to say those three things are tied together. How do you feel about that? I think it depends on, um, I, I, I do think that that's how a lot of people in the world view those things in that order and in terms of level of importance and level of impact, level of visibility. Um, however, I also believe that those things only have as much importance as you grant them. They don't start off that important. You have to buy into that perspective. You have to buy into that way of life. You have to buy into that walk. If you've never bought into the walk, and I'm not saying that coming upon hundreds of millions of dollars or billions of dollars wouldn't change some aspects of your behavior. And when I say behavior, I mean, in terms of uh, suddenly what you can afford, you can afford the best healthcare. So you go and get your teeth bonded or fixed, or you can afford better um, food. Food is healthier for you. If you live in a food desert, for instance, so now you can go and you can afford to go out and get, you know, food is healthier for you and yours or just you or whatever you got going on. You probably are not going to buy clothes that will break apart, your, break apart on you or fray after the first or second wash. So there, those are things, areas that I can agree with, that it would change your approach, who you are in that way. Well, really your approach, not really who you are. But as far as the other less positive aspects of that sort of life and of that sort of wealth, I think it's a walk, a way of life, a perspective you have to be willing to buy into. There are plenty of folks like uh, I can think of Bill Gates or um, I'm sure there are other multimillionaires or billionaires who you'd never know that they have money right now and that they are millionaires many times over, possibly several times over billionaires, right? You'd never know it, though from the way that they behave and from how they profile or rather they decide not to profile, you never really know about that because they go out of their way not, they go out of their way to not show it. They go out of their way to just be regular average everyday people who happen to be extraordinarily fucking wealthy. So I think it's, right. I think, I think that's a walk you have to choose. And as far, I just want to say, I want you to respond, but I want to say one other thing about that. Heart to heart. I think it does matter. You said how you feel about him, him or Jay-Z doesn't matter. I think that it does matter because how you feel about those individual impacts, whether you're going to accept what they have to say about life, love, existence with any form of grace. Donald Trump could create right. a show called Trump to Trump. But if he's giving, is that going to change your perspective of him or the show? If he only decides to get on that, he, he decides to go to that show and be a more a more suave, a smoother version of himself on the show, because you know who he was before rolling. And you know who he is going to be after rolling. So it does matter in terms of who these individuals are and what your perspective has, has been of them up to that point. So I, I can't agree with that. It, it, it definitely does matter. I don't have any special uh, uh, nit to pick with Kevin Hart or with Jay-Z. But if I did, it would impact how I view them, despite how sage their advice 
or their stories might be what they're saying on the show. I, I guess what I'm saying is I think the message is bigger than the messenger sometimes. I think sometimes the messenger, we get lost and we get distracted because of where the message is coming from. So if we look closer and say, okay, you know, I might not be a huge fan of Jay-Z's music, but what he said was extremely profound and it made a lot of sense to me. Then you're able to receive this message from him. You don't have to give him credit or give credence to where it came from. But the fact is, what he said made a lot of sense. As you get older, you maneuver differently. And one of the things we were talking about, Mark, uh, which is basically about how wealth and money and all those things are new to the African-American community. They're new to these people. That's why you do see people like T.I. and his kids. They don't know how to act. Because you got to think about it. If you're a big fish in a small pond, you're going to always act like you're a big fish. But if I take that same individual and put them in a big pond where everybody else is third and fourth and fifth generation of wealthy, then they're going to be just as regular as everybody else, if not less than everybody else. So I guess what it is, is people know their audience and they pick their audience very methodically and very carefully. If you ever notice, sometimes people will be around other people that they feel like can help elevate them and lift them up and make them look better because of their insecurities, right? So yeah, I think T.I. comes from a place of insecurity if you ask me. I mean, you always ask, you know, you hear people say, who's the king of the South when it comes to hip hop and music and all that. And it's always been a chip on his shoulder where it's feel like he has something to prove. And I think that spilled over to his kids. That's just my personal opinion. It spilled over to his whole family, honestly. Mark, how do you feel? Now that's an interesting perspective you had. Uh, what you just pointed out about the big fish, little pond, ocean, small fish. Mark, how do you how do you view that? Um, view view to my TI or just anybody. And anybody in terms of the big being a big fish and a quote unquote big fish and a quote unquote little pond, and then being removed from that and being transplanted to a some uh, an ocean where everybody's a big fish out there. Do you think that that has any impact on who these people are? And do you think it should? Do you think it needs to? Uh, I don't think it should. I, I think it's a um, <clears throat> I think it's a conscious effort. I think it's an effort. It, it may be conscious. It may be unconscious. Like Terrence said, I think um, Ti has a small man complex physically and um intellectually um he always feel like he got something to something to fucking prove um <clears throat> so the big fish in a small pond thing um you can acquire wealth and uh you know move to a bigger pond or you can acquire wealth and stay in the same small pond and uh, stay surrounded and in the know when it comes to um, <clears throat> things in that small pond and try to, you know, act better, act like you better than people in the smaller pond. So I, I think it's, it's more of that, like, um, he ain't got a, him and his home, his, his, uh, Someone ain't gotta engage in in shit like that. Like uh um they don't have to think and 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 feel that they better than other people. Um I think that's the wrong way to go about it. 
Um, I don't know if I'm answering your question though, but I think like uh, that takes effort and not too much effort on his part, you know, because he's just a fucking asshole. You could choose to act differently. Mm-hmm. You choose to to you know act like people are people, mm-hmm. and you are. I don't know. It's, no, I think it's a conscious thing. I firmly believe it's a conscious thing. I think um, there is the excuse of youth and the excuse of total inexperience early on. That, if there, need, if there is an excuse, then that's the excuse, right? But as you grow older, speaking less about his son and more about him, because, of course, his son came from him, and he is the way he is because he's been dragged up, you know, in that way. Um, I think him being very nearly, he's a little bit older than we are, I believe. So you're close enough to 50 for you to know better. And if you have more than one, however wealthy you are or financially successful you are, whatever that means, because it means something different to everyone. Um, however pronounced you are in those areas, there are going to be some situations in which you're going to be the common denominator in the negative. And I'm, I guarantee fucking T he has been the common denominator in the negative uh, for in a lot of situations. If we see what we see publicly, imagine what things must be personally amidst his family, his friends, if he has any, um, in-laws, uh, employees, you know. Um, I do think as well that it's a, it's, a, it's a very conscious decision. After a while, you flat out ought to know better. And you ought to be doing better. And if you have an issue with people who are, quote unquote, beneath you, then don't be around them. How about you take all of that fucking balderdash and move to a bit, move to an ocean instead of being in a, quote unquote, small pond and see how you feel. But like you said, God, they don't do that because they are able to feel important and of a large stature in a small pond. They couldn't cope with individuals who are beyond them financially or professionally so it 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 behooves them to stay in that space so they can feel like uh gods will feel like some form of uh a high life form you know financially um there are a lot of people who are like that puffy oh jesus i can't stand that guy puffy is another one of them you know who is 50 certainly and who has decided he's past 50 i'm sure who's decided that being an asshole works for him uh, there are quite a lot of people who are like that of all races, creeds, backgrounds, genders. It is a conscious decision. I think you choose who you want to be every day. Whatever amount of money you have, you choose exactly who you want to be. And unfortunately, if you're an asshole, that means that other people have that horseshit thrust upon them. They got to deal with it. And that boy... How would you rank... I was just going to say that boy of his, that boy of his is, if anything, he should be better educated than, say, for instance, his dad was because he's got all the money in the world, which means he has all the time in the world and access to the best forms of education. I doubt he ever sent that fucking that little asshole to a soup kitchen, to uh, a a kennel, the uh, American Red Cross, St. Jude, you name it, a shelter. I doubt he's ever sent any of his kids to those uh, to those into those environments to sort of get the ground them. Let them know, listen, you came from something, either this or something very like this, or possibly something that was far beneath this. I doubt he's done that. So 
the, the the expiry period, the date, the sell by date on that boy is up. What is he, 16, 17, 18 years old? <laughs> fuck him. And why do you keep calling him? Why do you keep calling him a boy so strongly? Because he's because he is a boy, because he behaves like a boy. And I'm talking about boy in I do mean it in a derogatory <laughs> manner in this case. He doesn't behave like a man. I hate that word, man. I I, I hate that word. But is it I not applicable? So much. Is it not applicable? I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just hate the word boy. I don't know. I hate it. Fuck that boy. next time on the main satellite all right good night bro. all right take it easy bro all right all right